if you could build a business in the modern world as big or as small as you want without having to compromise the things that were the most important to you in the very beginning? This is the Wealthy Consultant Talks podcast with Taylor Welch and Mike Walker. As they share with you today their learning lessons from stories in their experiences over the past 10 to 15 years and share with you right here, right now. Let's get into it. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to an episode of Wealthy Consultant Talks. We're going to be talking in this episode about something fascinating, six ways to sell during a recession. Now, before we get into selling during a recession, should we define or talk about whether we are in a recession, Mike? Because there's some confusion, it seems. Yeah, there's lots of confusion. Um, Put it this way. I think what we're going to be talking about is going to help people regardless of whether we're in a recession now or we're in a recession later. The fact is we know all markets are cyclical. It's coming one way or another, whether it's today, yesterday, next year, five years from now, at some point, you're going to be as a business owner in a recessionary period. So you might as well figure out how to get ahead of it. I think that as long as you can change the definition of what something is, then you don't have to deal with the negative fallout. So that's what we should do. We should define it. That, we should just say that we're rich. No, no recession. No such thing as a recession. There you go. It's a narrative. You got to watch it. Mike thought I was being serious for four seconds. You could see him being like, what's the angle here? <laughs> I'm making fun. That's what's happening. Um, have you had good success in recessions before? Because you were doing business during the the Great Recession. The Great One. Yeah. That one, um, that one hit home. I learned a lot. That is for sure. And it was actually the trajectory of my entire consulting career was coming out of the ashes of that because I looked around and realized that there was a whole lot of people that needed help. And what do we do as consultants? We help people. So I found it to be an amazing launch pad. I'm not saying that was easy, but it definitely gave me the platform to connect with people. And that's the beauty of you know being a consultant is you genuinely get compensated for the amount of value and, and support that you can bring people and help them. So um, I found it as a yeah fantastic learning curve and opportunity to help a lot of people. So in the world of consulting, I, I bring it on just like in the red markets when trading, it's like, bring it on because I know people are running scared and that's when we can scoop up market share. So I, I don't at all attribute recession, quote unquote, as a negative. I just view it as a season and with a different season comes a different you know strategy. Yeah, hundred percent. Let's dive into these because I think that uh, this this will help people, especially if you're watching too much of the news, which you should cut that out. There's nothing you can do to predict it. There's nothing really you're going to be able to do to react to it as well. And so yeah. there's not a lot of utility in watching people on CNBC freak out. So just keep that in mind. Um, yeah. The first thing here is is lower prices, but I've got a caveat here to lower prices and raise them. And uh, I have my take on this that I'm going to talk about, but uh, Mike, do you feel like there is any utility in lowering or raising prices? How should people manipulate or mess with price structures during a time of economic drawback? Yeah, so I like to diversify 
bringing people in, meaning, so I, I want to give people the ability to kind of pick their own adventure. You know, if they're highly price sensitive and they're super tight, I still want to help them on some level, right? So I try to create opportunities, environments, and products that are going to allow people to tap into my ecosystem, tap into my, um, you know, the knowledge and support that I can bring to them at the price point that they can afford at the moment. So lower, this would, you know, obviously lower ticket products, things like that, free services, whatever it may be. Um, I think it's important to just diversify. If you're only selling a high ticket option, then naturally, you know, you may want to consider giving people the option to get in the door with something that maybe isn't quite so prohibitive, you know, reduce the friction, lower the hurdle, whatever you want to describe. But I think it's important as consultants that we need to be adaptable to the environment that people are in, at least whether we believe in it or not, doesn't matter. A lot of people do. Cause like you said, they're watching the news and getting spoon fed what they're getting spoon fed. Yeah, totally. I was talking with somebody, uh, I was talking to someone a couple of days ago and they, and they made the, the comment of like, you know, they've done projects for hundred K 120 K and they, uh, they haven't had as many of those recently because people are getting a little tighter on the money, uh, but they wouldn't take a project that wanted to pay them 25 K. They're like, well, it's, it's not, it's, it's too valuable for that. I'm not going to do it. They're worried about running out of money. And I said, listen, take the project for 25 K. Stop being an idiot. Just do it. Go do it. Mess with your pricing structure or do a hundred thousand charge a hundred K, but 25 K is up front. You have to earn the rest of the 75. Like you can be, you can be creative and strategic. I think lowering prices is actually has less to do with the recession and it has more to do with what your belief is about your product and what you're selling. I remember when I was first getting in the game and I, I jumped up quick to, you know, multiple thousands of dollars per month. And um, I had a month that it was like 25 K or so in, in revenue. And for me, I mean, this is four or five months into being a freelancer. I'm like, dude, I am, I am like out. basically Jeff Bezos, dude. I'm rich. What so color is your Lambo, dude? Exactly. How many do I want? Like how exactly. big is the garage? And uh, I was feeling on top of the world. And then for whatever reason, I couldn't get another client. And it went on like this drives. It went on for 60 days. To the point where I was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe that 25K was a fluke, dude. It was just an accident. And uh, I got on a, on a call like the very next day and they said, how much do you, uh, do you charge for this? I said, $700. And the previous client had done the same thing for 10 grand, <laughs> but 60 days ago. Right, right. I was like 700 bucks. She's like, oh, was where do I send you money? Can we get started right now? And it was the easiest yeah. sell ever. And it, and it was, it, for me, what, it, what, what I did after that is I did the work for the client and I immediately charged 10 grand for the next one and it came right back through. So what I needed in that moment, I needed to lower my prices, not because people wouldn't pay for it because there, there was an energy wrapped up in my belief system about it was a fluke. People don't pay this much. That was random. And so I think sometimes lowering your price, we deal with this with clients all the time. Like, yeah, I was just going to say, we're literally talking about this every day. Yeah. Yeah. Cause people come in they'll make like crazy money and then they'll, and then they feel like uh, not guilty, but maybe unworthy. Like it's not yeah. normal for that to happen. And then, and then they will accidentally, they'll project that onto the market. And they'll be like, nobody wants to buy anything anymore. It's like charge a hundred dollars for it. And they're like, what? Like, just get the, get the tap flowing again yeah 
and yeah. then go back up from there. So I think this is a really good principle or a tool that you can use if you're super worried about it. You know what helps you with the recession worries is just a lot of deals. Go make a mm -hmm. lot of deals, make a lot of sales. And you create your own e economy. Forget the macro economy. People can confuse, they do whatever they want. But you create your own little bubble with your own economy where deals are happening. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Currency is, you know, it's a current, it's energetic, right? It's, it flows. And so when you can move currency, when you can just get transactions flowing, like you're saying, then you're, like you say, your belief level, your emotions, everything just goes up with it. Cause you're like, okay, there's stuff happening, but you're sitting there for 60 days with zero coming through. Then yeah, that, that kind of, uh, feels pretty brutal. So I'm hundred percent in alignment with that one. Been there, done that. Number two, uh, increased value or described value. This is a pretty big one. We're doing this hardcore right now. Yeah. And, you know, I think, I think our team is starting to rally around this of like, you know, we're actually doing great. <laughs> we're, we're growing through whatever people want to call this recession. But one of the things I'm obsessed about is how do we add more? How do we do more value? You know, people are, People have a question about tech and like, how do we do it for them? If they want a question about ads, how do we do that for them? How do we become, how do we increase and overload the value distribution so that people, you know, price operates in direct proportion to value, what they're getting from it. And so the more value stacks up, the lower the perceived price is. The less value there is, the higher the perceived price is. And so people want to focus on price, but really the lever is the value or the described value. Yeah. I, you know, and people's, I've, I've dealt with this before with a lot of clients they are like, wow, well, if I charge that people are going to say it's too expensive. And my question is too expensive compared to what, you know, you, you need to just simply increase the value. Then if you don't want a lower price, then increase the value. So it becomes blatantly obvious that it would be dumb to not take you up on your offer because of the tremendous amount of value that you're bringing and value doesn't always directly correspond to more time either. You know, it doesn't have to mean like, Oh crap. Now I'm dub I'm doing twice as much for this, for the same amount of money. It doesn't have to be that you can just, like you said, increase value by leveraging other opportunities, other networks, other products, services, yep. connections. I mean, you name it. There's so many ways to add value that don't directly correspond to you injecting more time or money, you know, thousand percent. Number three, we're talking about six ways to sell during a recession. Number three, more, more advertising. Attention. It's funny that people want to cut down. You see this a lot in like bureaucratic organizations where the managers really only understand high finance and corporate P&Ls. They'll just go through and they'll cut the P&L and they cut advertising, which is the fuel of, of a business. Yeah, And it's great for us because it makes advertising cheaper, but it's not good for your business. You want to actually, it, you want to add more advertising, not less. Exactly, man. I, I dealt with this too. I had a, a couple of years ago, a client was, he's a restaurant owner and he came to me and he said, you know, Hey, we're going into our slower months, restaurants around us. You know, we all slow down around here by the beach and it gets cold and rainy and not as many people come. I need to pull back on advertising. 
my answer to him was the same. No, man, let's throttle up. Let's take advantage of the fact that everybody up and down the street next to you is slowing back and you're pulling in reserves. And this is the time to throttle down and take advantage of it. And it really changed his perspective on it. He's like, whoa, and he, he left there by us doubling the budget and we cranked and he was like, oh, wow, I do have customers. <laughs> yeah, people still got to eat. They're still going to come. It doesn't matter. It's gray and cold. That's fine, but they're still going to come. But you got they got to know that you're open, you know? Yeah, and that's, people still have money. Yeah, exactly. Like, liquidity is everywhere, but people just don't spend it unless they have a good reason to. And advertising is one of their reasons. Mm. Yeah. It's good. Number four. You got more on that? Or do you want to go to number four? Number four? No, let's, let's jump on number four. I, I'm like, what's coming here? Number four, cut out the bottom 20%. The bottom 20% of what? Everything. Let, let Everything. Cut out the bottom 20% of clients. Cut out the bottom 20% of team members. Cut out the bottom 20% of whatever you're spending your time on. Because when things get tighter, you have to become more productive. That's it. More productivity. You can power your way through almost anything. We're seeing this with the big tech companies right now. They yeah. are cutting the bot. Well, they're cutting like the bottom fifty percent. Some of them are. Yeah, they got so they're getting mm -hmm. But when you when you go in, it's like I was talking with. We were on a team call with a bunch of clients yesterday, and uh, somebody asked about our culture. And this business is new. Like this is not an old business. Like me and you, Mike, have been doing business a long time, but the business we're building is brand new. It's nine yeah. months old, eight months old. And somebody was asking us about culture because we've kind of popped up into a, an, an A-plus high-performance culture in nine months. They're like, how did you do that? Well, we have experience and we have some, some reps with it. You know, we've done the work. But I said, one of the things is like we are, we are like dangerously competent at cutting the bottom 10%. And people know that. We're constantly looking at the fringes of the business we're like, what if we turned these ads off? What Would the business still operate? And if it would, then we shouldn't be spending money there. What if we cut these team members in, in this position? What if we cut down here? What if, And we're constantly refining and looking through, like, how do we cut the bottom 20% in everything, every area, including clients? We've fired clients before because they don't do what they're told. They drag their feet. They complain. They require an enormous amount of effort. And then... They still don't follow, like, and we're like, cut them, cut the yep. client, give them their money back. Let's remove the bottom 20%, which allows us to be more productive with less effort. Yeah. Optimization, man. You know, just distilling it down, constantly forcing. I, I like the discomfort that comes when there's not enough people to do what needs to get done because it forces optimization, efficiency, you know, like it really does as soon as, and like you said earlier, you know, all the tech companies, right. They're like, Oh, well, maybe we can't actually operate without, you know, thousands of extra employees spread across, you know, multiple countries. Like maybe there's these things called, you know, computers and the internet that we could probably do this without as many people, you know? And so it's that whole 80, 20 rule and just get rid of that lower 20%. So you can just put all your focus on the higher performing activities, people, strategies. I mean, it's, it's the way for sure. It's faster to grow. Here's one thing. It's faster to grow by chopping things off than it is by trying to add new things. Wow. It Prove it. 
We've done it. We're doing it. So counterintuitive, isn't it? It is. It really is. But it's so much faster. You're like, okay, well, let's speed up by reduction. Yeah, hundred percent. It's a good one. Number five. This one's all you. This one's your your sweet spot. Asking for referrals. Yeah, man. I mean, here's the thing: if you're doing what you should be doing, that being as a consultant, of course, producing results quantitative results, not just making people feel warm and fuzzy, although that may be part of it. But if you're actually putting numbers on the board for people, it goes without saying, they're probably going to talk about it. If you see a really good movie, do you just not tell anybody in the world because you don't want to you know, have other people see that movie? No, you tell people about it. And so my whole thought process here is obviously twofold. Number one, I better be doing a good enough job that people just naturally want to talk to their friends and you know, network about what we're doing number one, but then number two, I also need to make it easy for them to do that. And there's all kinds of strategies that you can use to make it easy for people to refer you. And that doesn't always mean like, Hey, if you go talk about me, can I give you some money? It doesn't have to be that way. Um, you know, obviously referral commissions and all these things that's, that may be a game you want to play, but just make it easy for people to want to talk about you. And, and that there's a lot of different ways to do that. You know, you can, Give them tools, give them resources, give them stuff that they can give away, tap into their networks, look for JV opportunities. Hey, can we plug in? Like, let's get you on a podcast. Let's get you, you know, into my Facebook group on a feature. Let's leverage the the abilities. And especially in a recessionary environment, they're probably looking for, for opportunities too, to network. And I think synergy and, and sharing networks or, or, um, you know, common services, things that complement each other. I think there's just so many opportunities if you get creative and kind of going back to what we just said about refining and distilling. When recessions come, it forces you to get smarter, get more efficient, get better with what you got. Cause get, you know, going and getting more might be hard. So therefore you have to get more out of what you already have. And I think that's where, you know, recessions are, are like working out the gym. It's not comfortable but it's how you get stronger as an organization. 100% agreed on all counts. Number six, reduce churn and burn. I think everyone's so, like obsessed with selling more. They want more clients. They want more customers. Yeah. They want client acquisition. But what's fascinating, and we just posted this in uh, the free resource group in the Wealthy Consultant Facebook group, is the 100 client model, which is if you can just not lose clients, you don't have to sell that many clients. The reason people have to get so many new sales or so many new clients is one, their product offerings are not set up for long-term client retention. And two, their clients wouldn't stay even if they were set up the right way because <laughs> of the, the value mechanism in the business. So what we're seeing is like, I, I saw the, see this, these posts from Brad uh, posted last month in the group and he's like, dude, the recurring model's crazy. And it's not just a recurring model where you charge your clients monthly. There's some strategy to it, but his, his monthly expenses are paid in the first three days of the month. His clients are like my, my fixed expenses are paid in the first six days of the month, whether I sell anything or whether I don't, you can, you cannot imagine the amount of freedom that comes from knowing yeah. that your fixed nut is covered, whether you sell something new or whether you don't. And it allows you the creativity, the freedom, the margin to, to, invest into keeping clients rather than having to get new ones every single month. You nailed it. Yeah. I was just going to say it frees you up that both emotionally, physically, financially, everything, it frees you up to be better for the people that are already there. 
But when you're constantly chasing the new guy, you're so busy talking to somebody, trying to get them into the system that you're ignoring the person that's already there. And that's, that's something I've definitely, you know, unfortunately done myself in the past and, and I've learned that, yeah, you know, maybe I should probably think through the fact that it's a whole lot harder to get a new client than it is to serve the one I already got. And so like tiny, even into referrals, right? If you take care of the people that are around you, they're probably going to talk about you, but if it's a churn and burn environment, you never give them the chance to talk to about you because, you know, they don't even really know you or at least have the relationship established enough. So yeah, it all, it all connects hundred percent. Cool. Any parting words of wisdom before we wrap this one up or we covered it? I mean, I think we really covered it, but I guess I, if I had to put kind of a little bow on it, I would just really stress to people not to get, you know, don't subscribe to the narrative in, in recessionary environments, especially in the media, they are looking for attention, right? They're going to feed you the, the news to capture you, to keep you there, get the eyeballs on the screen. And obviously saying that there's just rainbows and flowers isn't probably going to do that. They're going to show you red charts. They're going to talk to you about all the bad stuff. Do not let that define your thinking. And because that's going to basically kind of just get into the roots of your business. You start thinking that way, you start operating that way. All of a sudden you are in recession. You are pulling back. You are scared because you just kind of let that creep into your own business, but you really don't have to. I mean, case in point, we're booming, we're growing. Well, how's that possible? Well, we've been there. We've gone through this before. We already know that. Well, actually, yeah, recession for some, but not for all. Recessions just make us stronger. So I don't know. I just don't look at it as a bad thing. Like I said earlier, when the charts are red, I get excited, man. I'm like, let's go. Game on. People are scared right now. 100%. Cool. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Uh, We've got a pile of incredible episodes coming your way. Do us a favor. Leave us a review, an honest review. You don't have to leave us a good review. We don't need need fluff. Just tell us what you think about the show, and we'll keep bringing it. Give us the truth. All right. See you, everybody. See you, guys.